Hello and welcome to Hot Takes, a spoiler cast, a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and review, break down, and discuss them. Well, I'm your host, Ernesto, and I'm here with my co-host, the ever-so-loving Joel. Hello, everybody. And uh, we're going to be talking, discussing, slash breaking down The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh, directed by uh, Tom Gomikin, sorry if I mispronounce your name, and starring, um, to name a few, Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, and weirdly enough, Neil Patrick Harris. I forgot he was in this. Yeah, he plays the the agent. Yeah, right. And he was, I just love the scene. But um, So just to, uh, just to start, what do you think? What's your general impressions about it? I, I I saw it twice. Uh, the first time I saw it, I'm trying. I was trying to remember whether or not I was inebriated or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember it like thoroughly enjoying it. And then the second time around, obviously like the the luster and the glitz and the glamour kind of fades away a little bit, and then you get to really evaluate it a little bit better. Yeah. And I I still like it, but mm-hmm. there's still some things that I'm like. Mm. Here and there, you know. Okay, so hopefully we're going to break it down. Hopefully, yeah. Let's so do this. Uh, we'll, we'll just run through. We're going the traditional way we do the podcast is we run through the acts. So we're just going to do uh, Act One, which is uh, how they introduce the Nicholas Cage. So the beginning, they I think it starts with the daughter of someone or like a candidate yeah, like a, really a presidential candidate, like a, a Spain's presidential candidate's daughter. She's watching The Rock. Yeah, right. I, I think is it the, the Rock. Rock right. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's Con Air. Con Air. No, yeah, exactly. Con Air. I see he that. has so many fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it starts off with uh, them watching Con Air, and I, I they're they're inebriated. <laughs> yeah, they're I the, mean you just have to assume, right? <laughs> right. And uh, that they love Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I mean, there's a uh, Nicolas Cage is one of those actors who he over the years has become a joke, mm-hmm. just because of like how wildly he fluctuates his acting style. Yeah. Like once, sometimes he could be like, like uh, raising Arizona mm. or, um, fa- not fast times or something. It was a uh, Valley girl. Valley it was like girl. reserved and a little bit more Nick, Nick cagey. <laughs> but then cagey. <laughs> you'd have like ghost Rider or you have, um, the witcher or the, no, the, what's it? The one with the, the bees. Oh, uh, The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I haven't watched The Wicker it's Man. culture. Right, yeah. And, and and the first act does a really good job in uh, establishing, well, not just Nicolas Cage, but also how it is to be an actor in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Because we, we basically, after that, after uh, the plot kicks off, we were introduced to Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's trying to get a job, and it's very hard to watch. Which is weird, because, like... Nicolas Cage would be one of those actors that, despite whatever you you think of him, he wouldn't need to be, like, auditioning, right? Mm. Doesn't it seem like that? Yeah, he does. Like you said, he's part of the meme pop culture culture. Mm -hmm. And just Nicolas Cage evokes, what, three movies? Tops? A lot of movies. And just to see him on Down in His Luck is a little weird and a little Yeah, like, there was a scene, like, after he, like... We're talking about auditioning. It's not like he's at a casting call and oh, no. waiting. No, no, no. No, he's he's at an upscale restaurant with the producer of the film, and they're discussing, and he still wants to read. Yeah, he still <laughs> to wants read for to them. read. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. If, if if for those of you who haven't gone through the process, I've gone through that process, but on the other side of it, mm. it's probably one of the more soul crushing things I've ever done. Oh wow. Just, it's a lot coming from you. <laughs> well, you just have to reject so many people. That's true. And it's yeah. like telling somebody, like, I remember one time we were doing a production, and this lady who, she showed up, clearly not going to give her the role. Oh, no. 
But she just started laying down her life story about, like, I've been at this for years. Oh, and wants no. To I was like, no, I do not want to hear this. He's trying to make you feel guilty. Yeah, yeah. But um, so he goes off, and, and after that process, he's at his therapist. Mm. And he's talking about how he want, he needs to pay his fucking bills. You're, <laughs> you're like, you're Nick Cage. Don't you have, like, a dinosaur bone or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 striking because the the film does just establish the stakes. Yeah, right right off the bat, he like he said he fails that read, mm-hmm. and he does it in the most. Well, he blows it right, he, right, yeah. Because like it was pretty much insinuated that he, the part was his, mm. and then the producer didn't want him to read. And as the producer was getting in the car, he just busts out and starts reading the, the script. Is that the most Nick Cagey thing to do? Just to start reading? And he's really into it. Yeah. He's like, in 34 seconds. Like my trigger, <laughs> something about, like, a trigger finger. And yeah, like, he gets shot. But in those the, the last, like, milliseconds, he, he has his brain has enough synapses to pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. The, yeah, I guess that you could say, like, that's a classic Nick Cage moment. But what I'm thinking would be a classic mm. Nick Cage moment that I didn't really like was when he was interacting with his younger self. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's yeah. what you think about. It feels a little like, is that his... That's his, it, it, Okay, so what my... I think it is. Yeah. I think it's like his actor self and his ego self. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, but it, it, is that what you got from it? Or is like, it... Yeah, I, I, I did get that it was his ego, but it was more his ego of like when it was still young nick cage Mm. trying to be a star you know like there's 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 been a lot of um actors if you follow their career where they try to dabble in like actually trying to be a star Mm. and then they're like maybe that's not for me i just want to be an actor that's true that's right so you know like i think robert pattinson is one right right he's like i want to be a star in the Twilight films, and then after like all of that shit went went away, he's like, I just want to be an actor. I just want to be an actor. So there's yeah. there's a fine line because for some for the most of us, yeah. I guess, uh, actor is just actor. Right? Yeah. Give it Marvel film, give it a uh, a in depth reading on human culture. Mm-hmm. They're an actor, but this film uh, draws two lines. Right there, there's there's that movie star, that young Nicholas, uh, well that uh, that young young Nicholas Cage movie star, and then there's Nick Cage. Who just kind of wants to act? And just yeah. wants to, oh, he wants to do the greats. Right, yeah. right. And he names a lot. <laughs> yeah, he names what? Like I think one movie was uh, the Cabin of Doctor Doctor Yeah, Cal- if Cal- you Cal- haven't seen that film, like it was weird because like I, I was thinking about that film like a couple a couple of days before that movie came out. Before I watched um this movie unbearable weight of massive talent it's like oh shit like that's really one of those those weird eclectic fucking movies from the from from the silent film era yeah you have you have no idea how many times i've heard that movie in like college university mm-hmm. and like just watch this movie and it's supposed to be groundbreaking yeah but uh it, it brings me to another point we are introduced to their his his family yeah and they're divorced already yeah yeah they're divorced i mean the daughter he had the daughter for a day and then they're at uh they're at what is it uh the counseling yeah that right? therapy yeah. that therapy they're at therapy and uh he's just as she's just listing what she does for him and it's like watch these old movies <laughs> and I, I love it because it uh it shows like a generation gap in between their creative minds i guess yeah i mean it clearly does have like there is a, a massive gap with somebody who and there's also like a disconnect because mm. like in, in nick cage he comes off of somebody who's actually like a student of film right like in the same vein as like Tarantino, right? You know, you you could sit down and have a conversation uh, with Tarantino about movies you've never even fucking heard about. 
and he would break them down so eloquently and just and convince you to watch them, you know? Right, like, right. And if you do watch them, whatever, he was like, where the fuck is he getting this yeah. from? It just flies <laughs> over your head, you know? Right. And I guess, like, that's the disconnect between him and his daughter. Mm. Where he wants to connect with her in the only way he knows how is, you know, he spent his in the majority of his life being a student of film. And, like, for those of you who don't, who don't know, he comes from film royalty. His, his uncle is Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, right that's right yeah <laughs> so he's been in the world for however long you could possibly imagine so those movies that he lists uh, mm-hmm. they're even more of an impact for him because yeah. he was there technically ground zero yeah right so it, it's it's funny that when when uh the daughter was kind of absorbing like i didn't even know what this movie is about <laughs> it, it, it reminded me of when we were in editing class when we we're editing a 2001 space oh Odyssey. yeah jesus and uh basically if you haven't seen 2001 the space odyssey it's uh mostly known for its triumph in editing mm-hmm. right the editing style the pacing and how uh, it wasn't really a field that most people explored let alone uh, experimented with yeah but uh, for us it, it was the longest draggiest thing that we've ever experienced yeah i mean like we can sit here and do give it is just is respect you know mm. it's, it's a obviously it was a groundbreaking uh film in in movie history the that iconic smash cut of the the bone the, the you know the neanderthal throwing the bone up in right. the air and then boom it's, it's the spaceship it yeah perfectly sums up the the human evolution mm-hmm. right but the fucking movie is boring <laughs> it's so goddamn boring it's long it's oh my god it was it was a pain to watch it yeah i think yeah. most of us found a way <laughs> we, yeah we just way. grew up through it at like three times the speed we just grew up through it at three times the speed and i was and i remember first looking at this is a class of 20 odd people mm-hmm. and everyone was scrubbing through it and i was like oh god i'm gonna watch it and then like it got about 10 minutes in i was like all right i'll do the same thing yeah because like like the film, for those of you who, who haven't seen it, it's like it it takes like this whole five minute sequence of oh shit I just hit my mic the whole <laughs> this five minute sequence of a spaceship flying across the screen and right. that's it that's all it is it's like what what, what? this is groundbreaking no come on right pick it up pick yeah. it up come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie move come on. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's that, that scene with Nicolas Cage and his daughter. It, there is a disconnect, and there's two generations, right? Yeah. But there's also that uh, that con- that lack of contemporaryism, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to doc- uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, it's a movie uh, from the 20s, I think. The yeah, 30s, just, just around the, the dawn yeah. of film, and it's it's what experimented with the medium, and for the most part, it succeeded in you know creating this uh, this new genre to some extent. Yeah. But whether or not it still holds up for today's generation probably not yeah yeah like i i, I recently rewatched bambi oh the the animated one from the i was shocked to find out <laughs> that it came out in like 45 or something like that i was like really i thought this was like at least 80s oh jesus it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i was like jesus christ and the one thing that that right off the bat came off of that movie was that it's it was only like 50 minutes long it was what? Yeah, Bambi's fifty minutes it, long. It felt like it was. It, it was. It, 
I don't even think it was an hour. It was maybe like an hour and ten. That's like a TV show. Exactly. That's that's one of the thing I'm saying. So it's like with the the cabinet of Doctor Caglieri, especially being a silent film. Mm-hmm. There isn't like like you said. There's that disconnect from the contemporary today. You know, like today, Mar- Marvel, Star Wars, whatever franchise yeah, films. Franchise, yeah. <laughs> Let me just double check on the the length of Bambi. 1942. 19... Oh, Jesus. One hour and ten minutes. Oh, my God. That's just... That's like two episodes of something nowadays, right? Because episodes... I I was watching Andor, and it's like 30, 40 minutes an -hmm. episode. So, just coming from that to to Bambi. So, did Bambi hold up? Did the uh, iconic death of... The no, mother, no, no. It's just like, especially now, it's like my knowledge of of you know that world. Not to say like the the Bambi universe or anything like that. But <laughs> the Bambi like, cinematic it's, it's universe. It's all predicated on a poacher, hmm. and it demonized an entire like uh, like hunters in general. Because like, if you're a hunter, you don't kill the mom. You always go for the the juvenile or adult bucks, the ones mm-hmm. with the with the horns. Right, right. But a poacher killed the mom. Right. And then that demonized, like, hunting as uh, in general. Right. Just like with, like, Pooh Bear and, and, and actual bears. Like, bears will fuck you up. There, there's, right, yeah. there's, no, there's no doubt about <laughs> so, it. You so know? you're telling me is that uh, those shows back then, there are elements that probably messed us up mm-hmm. for a battle. Like you said, like, yeah. hunters and then, like, Pooh Bears. Like, yeah, don't go up to a grizzly bear. Yeah. It'll eat you. Yeah. It will, it will not hesitate to fuck you yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to eat honey. <laughs> it's, it's <gonna laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Bambi. I mean, it, I, it's, it's, it's a historical movie. Obviously, you want to go back. Mm-hmm. You got to rewatch it. Or when they remake it or something, whatever. Fuck. In a live action, probably. <laughs> live action, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's this weird connection or disconnection, I guess you could assume, with Nick Cage still being wanting to be Nick Cage of old and his daughter who doesn't really like feel that way. You know, he, she just wants a dad. Yeah, yeah, and it's an interesting idea to explore. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect it. I thought it was just going to be a comedy, you know, kind of <laughs> just jokes left and right. But uh, at the beginning, it does, in Act 1, it does establish not only the stakes of what Nicolas Cage wants to do, you know, his family, money. I think there's a debt in there. His hotel is like, he's yeah, on 600000 like, yeah, in debt. Like that, yeah. And then like, and his personal self. So mm-hmm. it does it in a way that's fairly quick, but fairly it matches well. Yeah. Right, especially when it comes to uh, the disconnect with the family. So, um, moving on with to, from Act One to Act Two, we're introduced to Pedro Pascal's, Pedro character. Pascal's character. Pedro yeah. Pascal's character, and I, I love when they're introduced. Is uh, he's he's uh, I think he gets picked up in the airport. Oh, and I, mean, no, he, I forgot about the the other storyline, the CIA uh, storyline. Yeah, I mean the, this film, it has. Two main stories, right? There was like the the A plot and then the B plot, and they kind of interchange. Maybe the C plot, as yeah, the C plot the being with the daughter, the family yeah. drama and all that shit, right? Yeah. And and it kind of interchanges, and then inevitably the 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 C plot and the B plot merge, right? And um, he pet, um, Nick Cage is down on his luck. He needs money. He gets an offer for like a private a birthday party. Like a right? birthday party. And he's right? like, "Fuck no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm Nick Cage." And then he's like, "I'll <laughs> pay you a million dollars." Like, where do you want me to be? Yeah. And um, he, like, he he flies off to the to the um, 
to the airport in somewhere in Spain. I'm not, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, remember. I don't know if it's a fictional place. I'm sorry, I don't know my geography. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's somewhere in Spain. <laughs> no, Spain is real. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that was. Yeah. So, yeah. So and then we we were introduced to the two FBI agents played by Tiffany Haddish and uh, Ike Bernholtz. Mike, which is odd. To yeah, me, really, yeah. Well, Mike Barinold doesn't Ike. feel like an, Ike. Ike, sorry, excuse yeah, me, Ike. Ike. He doesn't seem like an, you know, a CIA. Well, he he was uh, in Suicide Squad, the, the David Ayer. Was he? Oh, yeah. right. He was the yeah, one. So he was the cop or the the prison guard. Or the uh, prison guard, the, with, the a-hole. Yeah, with the a-hole prison guard. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I still don't. Still, <laughs> I, I, don't. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's known as a comedic actor. He was on yeah. TV for the longest time. So, so it I, makes sense. Yeah. It, well, it well and it's, it's a comedy. Yeah, it's so, a comedy. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that also like reintroduces the plot point of the the girl getting who got kidnapped in the beginning. Right. So like they're hunting, they're looking for her. Yeah. And then all all of a sudden, boom! In walks Nicholas Cage to this little ass airport. Yeah. And like, what the fuck's he doing here? <laughs> and it it turns out that the person that they're looking for or they're investigating is the guy who hired. Him to play his birthday party, right? Yeah, 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 and then that's played by Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, Pe- Pedro Pascal and uh, Pascal, Pascal, uh, Pascal, Pascal, yeah, Pascal, with the C, right? Pascal, yeah, with the C, yeah. yeah, that feels right. It feels yeah. so nice to say to Pedro Pascal. Uh, he's so he's he's quickly becoming one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he's very much so. So uh, the thing is, my my one gripe with it, it feels like the CIA plot line. It just feels shoehorned. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it just feels what, like a last minute thing. It's like okay, let's let's remind them. At we the need some danger, the... right? I, I, <laughs> we need some. Why danger. does danger have to be like like government related danger? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially going to another country, it has to be something. It can't be internal. It has to be yeah. something external. Yeah, it's 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 something where on the second watch, it kind of did stick out a little bit. Yeah, where it's like you want to, and especially as we continue talking about the movie, where. The interaction between Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal is so beautiful. It's so like awesome and hilarious and stuff like that. And then it's broken up between him with Nick Cage, you know, going back and forth with the FBI or right. CIA, whichever or, or something like that. Yeah. So uh, he he goes. He's boated into another, uh, I think, another island or some some deeper into the mainland, and <laughs> he, mainland. he's talking crap. <laughs> and yeah. it's one of the scenes where he's talking crap about the benefactor who hired him. He's like, yeah, is he weird? Like, does he want to screw me? Like, does he want want me to screw his wife or something like that? <laughs> and the the thing with the movie is that there it's a duality a duality to it. When it comes to humor, which yeah. I love, there's a physical humor, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it more down the line. <laughs> and uh, there's also a uh, a kind of meta internalized humor. Mm-hmm. So uh, the scene where Nicolas Cage and he's talking to Neil Patrick Harris, and then uh, they're on the boat and they're just talking like, "Is this guy want me like you know touch his feet or some sort of kind of thing?" <laughs> yeah. And then unbeknownst to him, and if of course we know it's Pedro Pascal's character is going to be one of the the title characters, yeah. and he's in the boat driving, yeah, and he's just listening to Nicolas Cage throughout all. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end he's like, he asks him like, so this Javi guy is he? Is like, is he a weirdo? So like, and then he's like, I'm Javi. It's like, oh. And then he, and goes, he does, like, he does a knee cage. The, he bows it. He bows to him basically. He does like this whole like karate and match thing. And he bows to him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, Nicholas Cage. I don't know how you come up with these things, but I absolutely love it and just keep doing it. Can you imagine the pitch? For this movie, <laughs> they're like, "All right, it's a nickel. It's a it's a movie about uh, a Nicolas Cage 
fat super fan hiring Nicolas Cage to Nicolas Cage exactly to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> so okay Nick it's you but like, someone wants to hire you or something like that like but you're down in your luck like oh I don't know I have a lot of money or yeah. something does this little Nicolas yeah. but uh yeah the the chemistry with Pedro Pascal uh during this act and uh, Nicolas Cage is phenomenal yeah like j- just him uh, just him, the, them interacting together is great, and I, I love the fact that Nicolas Cage's movies are popular overseas. Because yeah. here, he's a meme, he's a joke, sure, but overseas, it's like he's the biggest, one of the biggest movie stars. There's still serious cinema, right? Yeah. Right, <laughs> <laughs> serious cinema. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there is like that, that, um. That culture shift, you know, like for those of us who've experienced uh, being o- overseas, I guess you could call it this one. Like I've, I've been in Mexico many times. You've been to the Philippines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you could see that there are different like levels of popularity. You know, you see it in the music, you see it in the films, you see it in, in other stuff. And, and I mean, it's not that out of the, the, the realm of possibility that Nick Cage is still taken seriously as an actor, you know, in somewhere somewhere outside the U- the US. Yeah, exactly. And it it just in case you didn't know, there's domestic box office and there's international box office, mm-hmm. right? And that just means it's domestic as in the US and then international everywhere else. Yeah. So, when it comes to domestic movie sales, American citizens tend to be a little bit more critical just because we've lived this is our culture. Yeah. Right? Movie culture has well, was arguably started other places, but the U.S. you know took industrialized it, it, it yeah. <laughs> right? Took it around, and we're one of the, if not the biggest, movie providers, right? So we know this culture, we know this in and out, we know what a movie is, we know, and so when it comes to Nicolas Cage, uh, we're 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 kind of like, oh, cool, like laughable, but mm-hmm. just to see the dynamic in an, an over international wise, and Nicolas Cage is like. This huge a movie god. star, a god, exactly <laughs> a moving god compared to like you know gods to us, like, like other high A listers. Then it, it's I like that uh, that uh, theme that's given. When yeah, there's even that that sequence where um, Nick Cage decides he wants to retire from acting, mm. and he lets Javi know, and Javi gives this <laughs> like impassioned speech about how the world needs Nicolas Cage, and yeah. then it inspires Nicolas Cage to, to, to not retire. <laughs> it reminds. All right, before, okay, that's excellent. You're there, but just, just a little bit back when he when he did tell Javi that uh, Pedro Pascal's character, he was like in his underwear by the pool. Yeah, and then and Pedro. Pascal's character is very fanboyish mm-hmm. and he's trying, you know, like, here, let me, can I sit next to you? And he yeah. gets back up and then they're just sitting there and they're like, what? <laughs> like, did you say something? <laughs> and it's, oh God, they're, they're so good, those two. But yeah, that scene just cracked me up. Yeah. And uh, Pedro Pascal trying to get him back into acting mm-hmm. by acting a scene from his from his uh, screenplay, I think, yeah. that he wrote. Yeah. It, it's, it's just... Yeah. yeah, I kind of want. We never really got to see the, like the the screenplay he wrote for him, right? Because like the one of the premise on why he, um, aside from wanting to to have Nicolas Cage at his party, hmm. he wrote uh, Pedro Pascal's character Javi wrote a script and had it sent to to his agent, to his uh, agent. Patrick Harris's character. Yeah, and then like typical fucking douchebag agent, he's like <laughs> just throwing the trash, you know? Yeah. I... It seems like in every film that's especially about actors, mm-hmm. there's one constant theme, and it's just agents are d bags. 
I mean, they're, they're trying to justify their job. You right. Know? They're the gatekeepers, right? Exactly. So do you think that's accurate? Because it does seem a little out of everything in this film that like the uh, the agent feels like it's always the same D-bag yeah. kind of agent. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like there's some there's some agents out there that actually um, you know look out for their client in the best way they can. But the, mo- the majority of them, it always seems like they just want that paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, and it's coming from actors who have agents. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, let me just look at you, Kevin, and let me just like, get my character in, right? Yeah. Something like that. It's it's a it's a weird dynamic, you know. It was like, if if they didn't exist, <laughs> like I, was, I just I just thought about when um, in that episode of The Simpsons, where um, Lionel Hutz. He's like, can you imagine a world without lawyers? And he pictures in, they're all dancing in harmony. (laughs) (laughs) There's rainbows and everything. So, yes. Yeah, Yeah. it it seems like... I know it's just a little tidbit, right? It's not really something that impacts the plot a lot. But it's an interesting uh, point of view that's been persistent throughout every movie is that agents are (laughs) D-bags. Yeah. Well, like... But then you get, like, in um, Tropic Thunder Mm. with... um, Fucking what's his name? With uh, Tom Cruise. No, no, no. Oh, he tech- was the producer. Oh, right, right. Um, and that's another Matthew category. McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, right. And he was like going... TiVo. Yeah, TiVo. He <laughs> <laughs> goes above and beyond to get fucking his, his client a TiVo box. <laughs> yeah, to the point like he almost blew up. Or did he blow up? No, he blew up the... He threw the TiVo He's box at the TV. RPG. <laughs> that's another film about actors, but it's like an umph degree. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so, yeah, he, uh, Pedro Pascal's able to talk Nick Cage back into acting mm-hmm. through this incredible act of, you know, you're, you've, your culture has impacted everyone, and that uh, without you would be robbing the, in the acting world. You know, he goes on his yeah. speech, and it works, yeah. and, and they jump off a cliff. They, they didn't know how tall it was when they jumped <laughs> off it. So, yeah. they, they spend the day together, and they watch Paddington 2. Paddington. Yeah, Paddington. Have you watched Paddington no. too? I, I know of it. I just no, I've never watched is it. Is it that big of an impact? Because <laughs> it seems like they're crying as well. It's like I cried three times. Well, the Paddington, you know the Paddington, right? You're right, the bear. The, the, the bear, bear, yeah. The premise of the bear is that he was created to soothe uh, children who were lost. Mm. So I don't know if that something has something to do with the plot in the second That film. does. That yeah. does, because especially when we'll talk about it further down, but the why Pedro Pascal's character likes Nicolas Cage. So that yeah. does that does make, absolutely make sense. So uh, after the the whole, they're all getting to get get to know each other. The U.S. government plotline comes mm, back. Comes back. And comes back. Yeah. And Nick and young Nick Cage. Yeah, another yeah. visit to to Nick Cage where he's like he's trying to convince Nick Cage to be <laughs> Nick Cage. <laughs> well, it's, it's like the, the the a different era of Nick Cage. You know, mm. when he was trying to be a, a, a superstar, and that's what he told him, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. You're Nick. Epic. <laughs> and he goes like, his <laughs> and I'm thinking, did he really tell himself this back in the day, like to hype himself up? You know what I mean? I, I, you know, like maybe? look in the mirror, like oh, you're Nick Cage. <laughs> I mean, the the people like whatever his amp up ritual is, it's you know it's different for everybody. So yeah, could be possibly that that's what his amp up yeah. ritual was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, they they basically after he goes to a bar, uh, he uh, gets kidnapped by Tiffany Hatch's character mm-hmm. and Ike's character, and they kind of just tell him what to do what to do and yeah. then that sequence when he's um snooping around trying to get access into the server yeah he's like don't touch your hand like if it, he, they, they code his hand 
with like a neurotoxin or something, right? Yeah. And then he, he has it on the off chance that he gets caught. Yeah. So that he, he could just touch them and boom, they go down and he gets away. And then he like he hears a noise as he's in the server room, and he brushes the hair out of his out of his face. He's like, "Oh my god, I touched my head." He's like, "Oh my god, I think I just touched my face." Like, wait, did you touch your face or or did you? I was like, "I think I just did." And then like that that whole following like five minutes is just him as slowly as his body begins <laughs> to paralyze. <laughs> oh, uh, before we start with that, did you see Pasadena? In that one, yeah, in that scene when he's coming out of the bar, it's actually the one here by. Uh, though I St. Andrews, I would have to. I didn't see it. I didn't yeah, know, I there's a that. lot of scenes from Pasadena. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm like, whoa, I'm impressed. It's represented. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> represented stuff like that. So that's just a little thing. There's like a lot of scenes. If two is a lot, yeah, well, <laughs> more than some. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's in Pasadena, but uh, yeah, that scene. It, it's very physical for Nick Cage. I feel I don't uh, see him in like a lot of physicality roles. That he's he himself is a yeah. I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, like, like Con Air, The Rock, like National sure Treasure. action, National Tre- yeah, National Treasure. But that's a little closer to this, right? Yeah. You know? So that makes sense. Yeah, it's it was it's. I guess because yeah, I think it's like, he, it yeah. I don't trying to figure out if there's like a, a Nick Cage fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, National Treasure, I guess there has to be right. Probably, probably, but uh. Yeah, so Nick Cage is, is uh, working for the CIA or the government or whatever, the yeah. U.S. government. Spooks. And they basically, like, guilt trip him for mm-hmm. staying to stay for his daughter, or at least if this was his daughter who was kidnapped at the beginning yeah. of the film. Like, would you stay? Yeah. And, of course, he would. And then, uh, again, he's, he's guilt tripped again after the scene where he's, he's slowly getting paralyzed. Yeah, which is, like... He's trying to escape, but he begins to lose motor function in his arms and his legs, and then his his face gets paralyzed and he falls. And like, fuck, he's dead. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, she's all like, action, and he gets back up. Yeah, that I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, like I I get it, and within the realm of the movie. Yeah, but it's just it's so this movie's very meta. Yeah, when it comes to it, like. Saying action would get you like an, he's a trained actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. like, all right, sure, I'm sold. Why not? It's, it's Nick's cage. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he he really wants to leave at that scene. And there's a scene where uh, it it holds on Javi's character. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the transition to that scene is a uh, is pretty cool because he he falls on the floor, and then uh, he wakes up, and then he's on the dance floor. Yeah. Some or some extent, right? Like he it's supposed to imply that there's. There's been time that passed. Yeah. But uh, you can tell that it's a, it's a physical uh, like a like a wall that he he's still he's already standing. Yeah. But they they separated the wall so that it looks like a transition. Oh, that's cool. You know, I yeah. I would have to like go back and. Yeah, and I watched it, it twice. I was like, whoa, what? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it implies that yeah, it's it's a transition, but it's actually like it's from him on the floor and then to that yeah. scene seamlessly yeah it's so it's all like one shot where he's it looks like he's laying on the floor but he's actually standing up yeah yeah Yeah. that scene was really cool and it it held on javi's character and you know he he wants to leave but he wants to stay for uh, this other uh daughter the girl that's the same age of the daughter yeah yeah and then um how do you think of that plot line do you think it's kind of like it seems very loose yeah i mean to justify him staying (laughs) It just it just feels like he's being guilted by the worst FBI agents ever, or CIA, <laughs> you know? Because, <laughs> like, down the line, it 
those two they ended up dying, right? They yeah. get killed. Yeah. And but you're like you're using Nick Cage, somebody who's you could make the argument that's mentally unstable mm. to infiltrate a drug a, or organization, a cartel, right? Yeah, yeah. and find a a kidnap the kidnapped daughter of a presidential candidate. Right. Like how where <laughs> it's like a movie already, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, a movie in terms of like like Con Air, yeah. an action movie, but it's supposed not to be set in that kind of world. Yeah. But yeah, you you bring up a good point when it comes to that. It, it's uh it, it's very meta, but also the stakes kind of come out of nowhere. Mhm. Right, so that brings us to Act Three. Right, yeah. Act Three, and it's it becomes from this character film, which the, I, I, I wait, we just skipped over the best part. Is that the LSD the, the part? LSD part. The yeah, LSD well, part. after he he wakes up, and then um, well, there's like conversation of with uh, when um, Nicholas Cage fi- his guard finally goes down, and he be, ends up becoming buddies with with Javi. Right. Where they they're discussing about movies they love, and then just randomly. Uh, the cabinet of Dr. Cagliari is also one of uh, Javi's best uh, favorite films and stuff like that. So they Javi convinces Nick Cage to help him write us. No, he says, uh, "I want you to be my in my movie." And he's right. like, No, but I'll write another one. Right, movie, right? At the party. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. He's party, like, yeah. I haven't read it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "You want to be in my movie?" Like, no. <laughs> no, but I write. I'll write another one with you. Right, so. It goes. It does all of that, and then the next, the next morning, they're like, "Oh, we should take a drive." And then he, Javi, pulls out a vial. He's like, "What is this?" He's like, "Divine um, inspiration." It's divine inspiration. And he, he, they, they take some droplets of LSD. Right, and, and, <laughs> and it's one of it's the funniest sequence in the movie, yeah. and it's just them kind of just enjoying life, tripping balls, right, tripping, yeah. and they're, like, they're driving down a coast, which I don't know if that's safe. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Good. Yeah. So no. drive, don't don't drive because uh, no. you know we, we're users. Don't drop acid and drive, people. Yeah, it's not the, good for your health. Yeah, don't do it. I when I did it, it was I was the passenger seat. Yeah. So it wasn't something that uh, you know I was at <laughs> risk. Uh, but yeah, they they go all out. They drive down the coast. They go to the town nearby, and they're still tripping balls. Tripping, but as the drive they're going, they're like, they're they're bouncing. They're throwing off ideas about what the movie's going to be that they're writing. He's like, we should make it a a character driven uh, buddy film. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, but what's it about? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they end up in this little like uh, this little uh, you know old school Spanish town off the coast of I'm assuming the Mediterranean, right? Yeah, because why not? <laughs> and uh, um, they're they're tripping balls and and Nicolas Cage having an insight about story structure and how, how all of that works. He's discussing with Javi about like we need a hook, you know, we need to grab something, and then there's just two people randomly sitting to the side eating ice cream, right. <laughs> and, and then their fucking paranoia. Um, the kids let's see, like look at those two, those two dudes. We could have them see like if they're watching us, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, and then all of a sudden, wait, are they watching us? <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they basically. And, <laughs> and then they run off, and then no, there's a, the oh, whole scene run? before him where he's oh, like, "Wait, uh, I, I don't, he's like Nick Cage, like I don't know, I couldn't tell. We have to look back, but don't make it obvious." Uh-huh. And then there's like a beat, and then Pedro Pascual character turns his whole body. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <goes up> to- <laughs> 
make it obvious. Make it the most obvious you could possibly make it. <laughs> yeah, it is the second part of the act uh, to it. They 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 just let him do what they want. Yeah, and it's fantastic because like that humor just the one with the wall. The wall, yeah. Right. There's this whole scene where they're running away from the people that they're um that they're quote unquote. Uh, being watched by it. and then like they get to this wall and then um nicholas no javi gets on the uh, all fours so, like use me as a as a, a boost as, right, as boost, right. Get, then, yeah he gets on all fours like, he use gets, me as a boost yeah he gets on all fours and then like uh nicholas cage is on top of the on top of the wall he's trying to pull javi up but he can't do it and it's like this whole mufasa and <laughs> our moments like and it's like let me go let me go i got it and then uh, like what right he Nick Cage jumps over the other side he's crying he's like Javi I'll never forget you basically right yeah. and then like from the from the corner of the wall <laughs> Javi picks his uh, pokes his head out it's like oh hey yeah, <laughs> it's just it's not a wall at all it's no. just like well, it is a wall, but it you can go around. Like it feet. ends yeah. at <laughs> ten feet in their LSD delirium. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, they take the car back, and, and then they see the people again. Right, right. And they, <laughs> oh god, I love it. They made the people look like the people they saw. Yeah, I think it was the same people. It wasn't the same it wasn't? people. Yeah, it wasn't. It was like I think one was a chick and a guy, mm. and they switched it. Yeah. So it was a heavy set girl, a woman, and then <laughs> so. It, but the thing is with me, I was like. Are they the real person? Like I, I got a little tripped, <laughs> so I was like, "No way!" And they're eating. I, they're not even eating ice cream. They're like they're like drinking coffee or they're just talking. Yeah. Compared to the other couple. Yeah. And yeah. Then they get in the the little car and Javi's like, "You gotta drive." He's like, "What do you mean I gotta drive?" He's like, "Cause you're a better driver than me." He's like, I, "Like," and then he says, "Gone in sixty seconds." I, I, I saw you did all your stunts. In Gone in <laughs> and then he's like, no, "That was that was um stunt." Yeah, like not according to the to the was it like the, the director's cut or yeah, the, the no, commentary? The, fuck the special features. The special features. <laughs> He's like, damn it, okay. Like, damn it. They take off. They take off driving. It's like, which is fucking insane. Which they they fail at all. They don't die, but no. they like they hit three cars. They hit three cars. They hit the side of the wall as they're trying to make their escape. <laughs> yeah, and um, the, which the even the a cra- another crazy scene after that was. Immediately after they get to um, Javi's villa, because mm. you know he's like that rich. Yeah. And um, the the CIA comes back into into play, and he says that there's a room that's locked on with a security code and stuff like that, and they want to see what's in there. Yeah. So uh, Nick Cage is driving the car. They show up. Javi's passed out. He's like, "All right, this is my chance to to go see what's in that car. It's to see what's in that room." And he goes in, he knocks on the door, he's like, hey, is anybody in there? And then Javi shows up at the end. And what do you think at that point? It, it, it's like, you're caught. Yeah. yeah it, it's very suspenseful. Oh, I just love Pedro Pascal. But it's <laughs> like, his, his, he's flat-faced, you know, mm-hmm. like, so you really want to go in there, don't yeah. you? And, you know, it's going to just... change what you, what you, what, how you feel about me. Yeah. Like, like, everything is pointing that this girl, the girl who was kidnapped is fucking flayed. Yeah. <laughs> <all over> <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And then, but, okay, Loki story. I I didn't think it was that he was the bad guy. No, I don't like. It's little. It's so obvious that he's not. But you know, I I guess if yeah. you, you want to buy in, but it it he does such a good job in uh, drawing the lines. Like you you kind of doubt yourself sometimes. Yeah, he he plays being stone faced so perfect. Yeah, we see that in Mandalorian. We see that in obviously in this movie and, and all the other stuff. In, in was it uh, was he in Narcos? Narcos. Narcos. As well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Plays being stone faced like. Perfectly. So, having that ability just lends to the um, 
tenseness mm-hmm. of the scene. Yeah. Even though the, what's next is completely fucking it, it's ridiculous. completely the opposite. So <laughs> yeah. they, they, he does this elaborate, you know, his, his f- fingerprint and all that stuff yeah. to get into this very extravagant looking room. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he turns on the lights and lo and behold, it's essentially a Nick Cage shrine. Yeah, it's props, it's uh, posters, posters, it's everything, like everything yeah, you can possibly memorabilia. Think, yeah, memorabilia. All dedicated to Nick Cage. Cage. Like, there's one from The Rock, which I remember vividly because it was like this this yummy looking radioactive uranium ball. Mm -hmm. It's like a green ball, and it's like, oh, it's there. And I I know that I found there's one from Con Air. I think I think there's this wig from Con Air, yeah, or or some sort of thing. And then, and Nick Cage is uh, going down the line. He's like, oh, I remember that, you know. And then he giving out factoids as he as he comes across the yeah yeah exactly. And And Pedro's are like, I know. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then he comes to the the diamond of the collection. I guess the the, star of the collection. Yeah, the centerpiece. The centerpiece of the collection, and it's um, (laughs) you want to explain it? It's a it's a it's a mannequin. Mannequin. That's um, like a, Ma- a Madame Tussaud wax museum reject of, <laughs> <laughs> of Nicolas Cage. And I, what movie is that from, though? I, I it's think... from a Two Face. Two Face. Yeah, it's from Two Face. I believe. Two Face or Face Off. Oh, Face Off. Face Sorry, Face Off. Yeah. And um, it's the suit with the two golden guns that he has in that film. Yeah. And then he, he um, the Cage still, I, I would assume, still coming down from the acid. <laughs> And he's like, this is the most grotesque thing I've ever heard. I've ever... No, he asked him, how much you pay for this? And he says like seven grand or something. Right, like that, yeah, right? yeah. And then he's like, this is the most gr- grotesque thing I've ever seen. I'll offer you 20. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20, grand. 20 grand for it. And it's like, <laughs> I'll give you 20 grand for it. <laughs> yeah, and it's... It, the one thing about this film is that not only is Pedro Pascal's character and Nicolas Cage's character just they work so well. Yeah, the chemistry. The is chemistry is fantastic, is, fa- is yeah. fantastic, but the the meta commentary and everything, mm-hmm. like just just them in the villa. I know they're LSD'd out, but how uh, how essentially they're making a movie. Yeah. Right, and a majority of of uh, screenwriters nowadays, that's like how it happens. Not LSD, obviously, yeah. well, but well, true, <laughs> right? So maybe something a little stronger. Yeah. But uh, it, it's so subtle beginnings. Damn. <laughs> Especially in the eighties. Yeah. But uh, just subtle beginnings. Mm-hmm. Right. Just them kind of like they have an idea. Let's let's roll with it. Yeah, I mean, like, there's how many countless of like. Um, writing partnerships or developing partnerships start off with like just two friends shooting the shit you know like it it goes from anything that's creative comics music movies whatever you know and it it ends up becoming this massive thing that we you know there's it it develops a huge fan base and develops an an insane following and we're seeing that with nick cage and And right yeah as a as coke that or LSD out, yeah. LSD out as they tripping are, balls. tripping balls. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's uh, it's it's humbling. I don't know. It, feel, it feels like it's uh, we're not only learning about actors' lives, mm-hmm. right? That it's not as glamorous as it is, yeah. but also that the creative side of creating, say, a movie, which not a lot of people see yeah. in uh, you know movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't the, the the behind the scenes of it all, and I'm not just talking about like while you're on set. I'm talking about yeah. from, like when you put pen to pen to Pen to pad or yeah. paper? Pen, yeah, pen to paper, to paper pen yeah. To yeah. Like that pen whole process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole process is just, you know, 
when you find somebody who you work with like that well, it's just magic. Yeah. And it feels like they nailed it perfectly. Yeah, this. exactly, exactly. And uh, we're to act three. Yeah. And it's a little, it gets a little harder. Yeah, right. I mean, because because they they start to the the plot with the 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 daughter who was kidnapped, the kidnapping plot just starts to become more center rather than like the relationship uh, between Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage. You know, yeah. it's like he after that scene he meets again with the with Tiffany Haddish's character and says, "There's nothing in that. There's there was nothing in there," and he says, "She says, well, you gotta like work with them." Subconsciously, you know, you yeah. guys are writing a film, and no, it's funny because he's like, he's talking about writing the script, it's like it's coming along beautifully. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, Javi really understands character structure, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, he does, it's weird, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he really does. Yeah, and so she uh, convinces Nick Cage to like shoehorn this plot in of having his daughter get kidnapped, right? To try to like maybe he. he <laughs> He no, he like un, unconsciously like uh, gives out information or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So the scene following that is is um, Javi and Nick Cage are shooting clay pigeons right. off the the fucking looking out the Mediterranean. Yeah, you know? as extravagant <laughs> as you can be. Yeah. And there's like a butler too, right? Exactly, he's like pull, yeah. and then he's like, yeah, right. And he's like Javi's trying to wrap his mind around what's going on with this plot that came out of nowhere. Yeah, and then he he's like. He, he again with the pan face <laughs> and the seriousness, and it, it makes it makes um, it makes you think that they're on to Nick Cage what he's actually doing there. Right, you know? right. <laughs> it's like, and then it reveals like you have um, un, unresolved issues with your daughter, and that's what's giving you like this yeah. writer block. Yeah, but he, the thing is, it's very tense, mm. right? It's very. He's like, you're like, don't bull crap me, you know? Yeah, he's like, he has like, the gun and he's pointing at him. Right, he's like, don't, and he's like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> and like this is unresolved anxiety right from your yeah. daughter and he's like um yeah sure yeah, yeah. and then it what wait was it the party no right it was and, the party right mm. when, when it was like his dad's birthday or something like that or yeah yeah it was his dad's birthday and that's why he uh, commemorates it so yeah. rewind real quick it's that why he likes nick cage so much yeah is because uh he and his dad uh didn't really get along too well Mm-hmm. But the thing that they liked, both liked, was Nicolas Cage. Cage movies. Yeah. So, like, I think he was on his deathbed, and uh, he was, like, praying for a sign or something or other. And then Nick Cage movie popped in the, the screen, and yeah. then they both enjoyed it, and they laughed about it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, going to Paddington, too, it makes sense in terms of, like, uh, growing up, mm-hmm. right? Or, like, having heroes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I'm, 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 I was trying to remember, like, if after that scene where they're shooting uh, the clay pigeons... Mm. Is it immediately he wakes up and he has the dot? Okay, so yeah, all right, so yeah, it's like she gets a call like at the the next day technically, yeah. and then it's basically Tiffany Hatch's character like you've been made, get, yeah, out, of get out of there, yeah, and then as soon as he tries to get out the door. Javi's waiting. Javi's waiting for him, and he has a surprise, which is he flew out his his ex wife and the daughter. But the thing is, like you said, Padre Pascal's very stone faced, and it feels like oh crap. Yeah. Like is he, is he the bad guy? Like it, it gave me doubts and anxiety. Like oh no, is it, is yeah. he right? And, yeah. then, and, then, and it's all like this whole um, because that whole scene where where. Like, obviously, the mom and the daughter are freaking out because they think something's wrong. Yeah. And then it's like, no, we're just here to talk about our feelings. If we talk about our feelings. <laughs> the thing is that killed me 
uh, Nick Cage leans into uh, Javi's ear and is like, leave my family out of this. But yeah. he's like, he, already. yeah, <laughs> but but the thing is, Javi's character, it's it's to resolve their issues. Yeah, but to Nicholas, continue the creative process. Right, <laughs> to, to, get it, to you know write the script. But in Nicholas Cage's view, he's holding them hostage. <laughs> so he's like, leave my family out. Like some like take in kind of yeah. like, leave them out of this. And you will leave together, right, Javi? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then like they have this impromptu therapy session <laughs> with Javi reciting. And then um, you're still kind of feeling like, wait, does he know? Does he know that Nick Cage is, is, is going behind his back and stuff like that? Right. And Nick Cage un- just unloads, right? He has like this, this what he thinks is a breakthrough, and Nick Cage is like, wow, that was crap. Yeah. And, like, all of them kind of agree, like, yeah, we that, that was pathetic. <laughs> that was pathetic. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it's, it's, un- it's unfortunate that now they're, they're talking about the family yeah. towards the end. Yeah. Right. It does feel like, in, in case the CIA storyline, uh, sure, it, it's it's an it's a movie that's very outrageous. Yeah. Why not an outrageous plot line? Yeah, you need a hook. Yeah, you need a hook exactly. But I feel the family at the beginning, especially, it, it, they build Nick Cage as this sy- sympathetic character, and they just explore it towards the end. Yeah, like they 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 have this this. In the beginning, um, there's a scene where the daughter's... I think she's turning like 16 or something. Oh, right, yes. She has a birthday, and Nick Cage shows up drunk and then decides to sing her a song that he wrote for her. Yeah, he got denied the role. That yeah. Is, yeah, he got denied yeah, the he, role, right? He, he blew, he's actually, he blew it, right? Right. That was the thing. Oh, excuse me. And then um, he's drunk singing this fucked up weird <laughs> song on the piano to his daughter, and everybody always like, uh, is Nick Cage really just having a Nick Cage moment? And then that comes back into play when they're having the group therapy session with yeah. Javi. Yeah. And the daughter's like, like that song, you didn't write that song. It's just made up bullshit. <laughs> it's made up. And it sucks because uh, on one side, you want to say, okay, yeah, the, the family has a point. Javi and the family have a point. Yeah. But on their side, you feel like, do they understand Nick Cage? Because he, he does come up with his wallet. And I don't know about you, but I have, like, family photos, too. Yeah. And uh, he brings up, like, an old uh, family photo of her when she was younger. Yeah, it looks like one of those, um, like, those photo photo booths? Yeah. Photos? Where yeah. it's, like, it's all folded up, beat up, but it's him and yeah. her when she was, I don't know, three or four, something like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. So it seems like he cares, but in his own, you know, they can't separate the Nick Cage with his, his caring at this point. Yeah. There's a... They try to have like a disconnect, you know, mm. where it's, it's Nick Cage is the persona, but he's really Nicholas Coppola, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's with uh, what what um, Javi is trying to con- have his his family understand. Yeah, you know, like yeah, you want your dad to be your dad and and essentially be like a normal person, but he's not. Yeah. No matter how much you want to, you want that to be, it's never going to be a normal person for you. Right, for, right. Yeah, and there is, and he's also tackling with his own demons, right? Yeah. Like, given the younger side, his ego. Yeah. And that ego is just, you know, you're better than them. Yeah. Kind of thing, that, that, that idea of class. Yeah. Right? You know, you're an actor, you're, you're not an actor, you're a movie star. Yeah. Right? They should grovel to your feet. Exactly. But in him, he wants a character-driven narrative, right? You know, he just <laughs> yeah. wants to be with his family and be the actor who also has time to come home and be, and spend time with his family. Yeah. So it does feel like the whole scene was just it's 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 insightful enough, right? Enough to delve into his issues, but towards the end of yeah. the movie. Well, and after that, yeah. um, 
Javi's cousin calls for him, right? Yeah. And then it, it turns out that the cousin was the one, the ring, the ringleader of the whole drug organization, and he wants Javi to kill Nicolas Cage to prove to him that Javi wasn't in on it. Right. And yeah. he has a recording of, yeah. uh, of Nicolas <laughs> Cage when he was in a restroom or yeah. the, the 007 gadgets. Yeah. And so from there, he's all like, Javi's all like, uh, let's go off for a drive and stuff like that, right? <laughs> and they go off to drive in like the vineyard or whatever the fuck that they have. Right. And then they're sitting there and um, they look at this cage, look at Javi's shoes. Like, I like your shoes, man. Yeah. <laughs> they have this whole scene of like, I don't know. They they're not really me, you know. Yeah, they're like, they're like no, they look fantastic. Yeah, and then like, like you can I, you want to trade? No, he's like, can I try them? Like, you want to try them on? He's like, yeah, all right, tries them on. He's like, yeah. And then he's like, do you want to trade? He's like, yeah. Are you sure, really? And then um, Nicholas Cage has like some basic ass Vans looking shoes and stuff like that. And right. Javi, <laughs> and then Javi had um, had like these like design. Wasn't it designer? It was no. It was the other way around. Javi yeah. had the Vans. No, and, no, no. It was Nicholas Cage had the Vans, and then Javi had like these, like these like loafers that were made by like a, a fucking cobbler in like the Alps or some shit. Well, or was like, it? Well, because well, I remember when they're when they're running away. We'll talk about that more. Yeah. But uh, he's like, "There's no arc support with this one." Yeah, because they oh, were. Was a, they I were thought basic, that was the Vans. No, they oh. were basically like, um, like. Uh, like, like <laughs> cobbler and the, <laughs> like so it was like extravagant art, shoe kind yeah, of like it wasn't artisan like, like right yeah, like yeah. these really like weird eclectic looking shoes <laughs> and stuff like that like uh what's it fucking like beer cozies yeah something yeah, yeah right yeah, right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. they're yeah, like some, tan looking yeah something uh, along those lines right so they get out of the car and they walk like a, i don't know 20 or 30 feet or whatever and Javi pulls a gun out on Nicolas Cage. He's yeah. like, what the fuck? You're going to shoot me? And then Nicolas Cage pulls out both the golden <laughs> guns. The golden guns. <laughs> and they have a little standoff. Yeah, they have like a little Mexican standoff without the... Um, Without Nick Cage knowing that it wasn't Javi, it was his cousin. And right. He explains it to him. He's like, I don't want to kill you, man. You're my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, and he just basically just info dumps. Yeah. Right? He says that the, the cousin is the the head of the organization. He's just a front runner. Yeah. So he's in just case, the face of it. Yeah, he's just the face of it. And yada, yada, yada. They have a lot of little moment. And it's 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 sweet. Yeah. Right? And then it suddenly cuts short with uh, the cousin sending his own goons. To, to kill them. To, because to kill he, he knew that they wouldn't he wouldn't go through with it. Yeah, so at this point, it's it, it's a comedy. It started as a comedy kind of movie, but now it, it becomes kind of like a thriller. A little now, bit, right? Yeah, because they have a chase scene. Yeah, and it, yeah, or, you know. like they have like motorcycles and they're shooting at them and all that stuff, and it just feels, it just feels kind of like a shift. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a it goes from like this essentially like this um, buddy romantic comedy movie to like a nick cage film and nick cage film. <laughs> you, what do you feel about that do you feel like that was a little detrimental to it especially at the end of that act three i mean yes and and no you know it's mm-hmm. like like i said they need that hook and yeah. the hook being that the, the 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 girl was kidnapped so inevitably that's gonna have to pay off yeah and when you're dealing with drug dealers and people who kill for a living like what's alternative they're gonna sit down and talk it out it's it's, it's the weird it's the weirdest hook though right because it it reminds me of like say uh adam just to say adam sandler film like um i don't forget the ones where he's like kind of like a serious kind of character like Like, crazy drunk love 
Crazy Punk Drug Love? I don't know. Uh, one of his movies, one of his, he's not, that's not an Adam Sandler film. Yeah. Right? So uh, it, it feels like the character exploration alone is already enough to get me invested. Yeah. But the the whole other storyline about, like, you know, drug war and as a president trying to influence the votes so that the country can have, a, like, less corruption. Yeah. Doesn't meld well with that whole character uh i mean no i mean it's just like i I get the hook though yeah it's just like there's but like again how would you make the film without that because because if it's just them being buddies for two hours that's not really gonna work either. that's true yeah but i would like to focus more on the family or just him in general right and then pedro pascal comes in life and he sees another you know, avenue or another possibility. Or they just make a script, and then it just so happens his is like his life is more complicated than the movie or something yeah. or other, right? Something, but it just feels the scope is bigger now. Yeah. But the movie doesn't fill that scope. This is bigger than Nick Cage. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's bigger than Nick Cage, and it, it goes to they have a little chase scene, and then um, they're uh, complaining about the shoes. <laughs> right. They're complaining about the shoes <laughs> towards the thing. <laughs> And uh, they're yeah. they're able to escape. Yeah, uh, well, they they like they run into um, the woods. I guess you could say. The, right. Yeah, like a safe then, house. Yeah. Well, no, they circle back uh-huh. to the vehicle. Right. And then he's all like, Pedro Pascal's like, "All right, you go and come back for me." Oh, and that's before. Like, no, that, that's further down. That that's after they infiltrate and get the daughter. Remember? No. Yeah. No, yeah, because remember because we, they, they we go have, back. They uh-huh. go back home. Uh-huh. They go back to his house, and then the the cousin took Nick Cage's daughter. Yeah, and then they go to the CIA safe house, and then they have a plan to infiltrate to get the other daughter, the the, the kidnapped this, daughter. The, this was the or, one, or is this, this another is, scene? That's another. That's a little bit further oh, okay. the line. So like okay. when they when they make their escape from the um the 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 goons, mm-hmm. they they circle back and they they their the vehicle that they drove to where, where they were gonna kill kill each other at is still there, and Javi's like, "Are right, you go and come back for me?" Oh, I guess. And it's like, yeah. "What do you mean? No, you go and come back for me." Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "All right, I'll go. You stay here." And then I was like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." You're going to go? I was like, yeah. All right, I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know what you're talking Yeah, I was like, just, oh my God. These, these two are hilarious. Yeah, and then from there, they go to the right. city. Uh, no, um, Tiffany Haddish calls them. He's like, hey, come back. They, they took your daughter or something. Yeah. And then that's when she gets shot. Yeah, and then like and they, they take the, the, the wife, yeah. and then they go to their yeah. safe house. And it they, becomes super heavy, and then yeah. people die. And people like, die, yeah. <laughs> and um, Nick Cage being Nick Cage, and then uh, Javi being like a super fan of Nick Cage, he had like prosthetics. So they put on some fake, some, some rubber cement and some fake um, beard and face right, hair on him and right. stuff like that to make him look like another drug lord who was going to have a meeting with, right. with um, uh, Pedro's cousin. Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah, it was, it was an infamous drug lord that they haven't seen before because he's in the run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that whole scene shows up. There's a bunch of people with fucking uh, semi-automatic rifles, rifles, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You could just assume there's endless amounts of cocaine and heroin <laughs> everywhere. And, like, immediately, you think his cover's blown because the, the when he, when they show up to the compound, uh, the 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 Javi's cousin just comes up and fucking like almost kicks him. knifes him yeah, or, knife, or something like he kicks him takes and then, his legs from around him yeah, right uh, and then puts a gun or puts a knife something yeah like saying he's gonna kill him and then he's like oh what are you doing what are you doing and you're thinking oh shit he knows it's in the cage but turns out he thought it was um he thought that the the, the other drug lord who Nick Cage was impersonating was going to go into his home and kill him. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a lot of a nature of 
of paranoia when yeah. it goes around and stuff like that. And then like the wife, I, I think they met as a prosthetic designer yeah. or something. She was like costuming or something. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they're able to go del- delve deeper in and they're able to uh, find the two girls. Inf- the- yeah, they, they were able to infiltrate and then like... <laughs> Knowing that they only had a certain amount of time, they immediately started looking. Yeah, and they find the girl, and and then also they also have the the knowledge that um, Javi knew the place, so they they gave him the layout and all that stuff. So yeah, they, it's not like they had to go knocking in doors and shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they they go and they're in the cellar, and they they find uh one of the guards. They they knock him out, but there's another guard behind him. Yeah, and then the the cousin shows up. It's like, oh, what are you doing? What's going on? And then he notices that the the rubber cement is coming off. Yeah, and he pulls it off. It's all Nick fucking Cage and shit like that. The daughter and the the girl who was kidnapped were there. Yeah, as well. And then the girl's like Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's freaking. Yeah, that, that, that's when he, yeah she finds like Nick Cage is so cool or something like that. And yeah, Nick Cage takes down like four guards mm-hmm. of learning his training from uh, Face Off. Face Off and all his other stuff. Yeah, and then the the the, the monologue that he did in the beginning of the film, he he re, he re, he retells it as the. Um, they have a gun to his head. Right, yeah, the the scene that that was blown, that yeah. he was trying to do a dry read to the yeah. producer, he retells it, and they're like, what the, what's what going the on? What the fuck's going on? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Javi comes in, and, it, and they both they both get out, and that's when Javi leaves, after yeah. the chase. Yeah, they, they the, the mom, the daughter, and the, the, the president's girl who was daughter. kidnapped, yeah, they go run up and try to like get, get in the car waiting for Javi and Nick Cage. And then they have this scene where, like, the... The housemaid, or what'd you say? Yeah, I think it's the yeah the housemaid who Javi actually is the romantic interest for yeah, Javi. Yeah, who he loves. Yeah, they both stay. They both no. Well, there's that scene where remember where it was like one of the goons. She was pleading with him not to not right, to kill and him and stuff like that. Yeah. It backs into him. Backs into yeah. him and fucks him up. Yeah, yeah. and then um, they they escape. Nick Cage and Javi escape. They go in and then they Nick Cage uh, Javi's like uh, let me. I'll stay behind to like try to take him out so you get more more chances. Like, no, I, I'm going with me. It's like, no, I got to do this. I got to finally stand up to him. And yeah. then they both, the girl who Javi's in love with and Javi stayed back. Yeah. <laughs> and then she, I don't remember which gun she had, but I think she had, no, oh, Javi had the two pistols. Yeah. And she, and had, like she a, had like an AK yeah. or something. <laughs> and it, it, it's so crazy. And then uh, to some extent, they do uh, hold him off mm-hmm. for, but, uh, enough. for a little bit, for enough, enough for uh, the family to get to the U.S. Embassy. Yeah. Right? So they get to the U.S. Embassy, and uh, Javi's cousin is in hot pursuit. Yeah. And uh, they're, they, they crash in, like, the, the courtyard of the embassy. And then uh, Nick Cage is Nick Cage gets what captured by the cousin. He's, and a, he's being held hostage. He's held, held hostage, and then there's a knife. Yeah, in the, back the of daughter, the, the the girl sees the knife. She kicks it to the daughter. The daughter throws it. Yeah, and Nick Cage grabs it and stabs him in the eye or face. Yeah, or something like so, that. yeah. somewhere right. But and and it does in, a cool transition. Yeah, in that sequence, that one I did pick up of. In that sequence, it cuts to. Right outside city Pasadena City Hall, which right. is if you haven't seen it, Google it because it's one of the most beautiful city halls. Oh you can yeah, yeah, and very iconic. I mean, very you know, iconic. as soon as we saw, we're like, oh, that's that's yeah, city it's hall home. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's very it's a smash cut because now it's to the film that they wrote, right? With Demi Moore playing the wife, Demi Moore playing, uh, and then I don't know who was playing the daughter, but it's like this whole scene where it's like 
<laughs> it, it cuts from the embassy to outside city hall which is right. which was pretty cool yeah and it's like i love you daddy and then it cuts to the audience which is i'm assuming the red carpet premiere yeah. of this film and uh it's it's back and everything just ended well i mm. suppose and then now it's kind of uh javi's there javi's alive yeah we, we didn't know he was dead or not and then uh the uh, the maid is also alive yeah Right, so uh, now Nick Cage is after the premiere. He's technically back because mm-hmm. everyone's you know clapping, clapping like, yeah, and loving him. And, back. and uh, he chooses his family, yeah, rather than stay to the press junk, the press junk shit, a uh, junk, junk it, yeah, yeah, junk it, <laughs> right? Because Javi's gonna do it, and he's like, that's Javi's dream. Yeah, uh, he wants to go with his yeah. family, right? And, he, and then they, they watch Paddington, and they watch Paddington. And he's like, have you watched Paddington? And then Nick Cage's face is like. And yeah. then they start watching it. You know, like <laughs> and, and it's a sweet little note. Yeah. Right? It's, it's if simple. anything, it's a love letter to yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. Which, like like we said, for whatever reason, he became this internet meme. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people see him and his body of work as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. It, but, and it's weirdly profound. I yeah. mean, like, I, I, the dialogue at the top of my head, but it's like he is more interested now in her life. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you know his, the thing is with his is his the opportunities will come. Yeah. You know, but the opportunity to stay with your family. That's only. You know, that, yeah. It's, it's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's weirdly profound. Yeah. <laughs> and he also gets rid of his all his younger self ego. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's fully invested now because it seems like he was t- being taken on both sides. Yeah. Like the ego. Yes. It's it exists. But it's, it's also that uh, that comparison competitiveness, mm-hmm. right? And you see other movie stars and even us. Like you see other video editors or you see other creatives. And it's difficult not to compare yourself yeah. with them. And by the end of the film, he's he's very content with where he is and how his career is going. Yeah. And it seems like it's going up. Yeah, he's happy that he's able to look back and say, like, you know, that part of my life is over. Like you said, the, the roles will come. Uh, I just don't have to get greedy, and I have to enjoy the time I have with my daughter and my ex-wife. I guess. Well, it seems like they're repairing. Yeah, working on working on it now. Yeah, because yeah. it seems like she's a little more open. But yeah, uh, that was the discussion slash review of the unbearable <laughs> weight of massive talent. What would you give it? Um, and closing thoughts. Like a seven. Seven, seven out of ten. Yeah. Seven. That's a good six point five for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's it's a, yeah, basically just yeah. round it up. It's um, it's a, another thing I was thinking about before we actually started recording mm-hmm. is that I've heard conversation and saying that there really aren't that many like comedy films nowadays. You know, like they're all mm-hmm. either you know, like Star Wars, Marvel, whatever fuck. But you look at like a film like The Hangover, mm-hmm. the first one, not two and three, and uh, <laughs> Super Bad or something like that. You right. know, like, these like legit raunchy, hilarious comedy films. Do you think that obviously there's a, a culture shift? Mm. You know, Tropic Thunder will never ever be able to be made today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you think there's going to be a shift where like the comedy is going to become a being like more like self awareness, like like the unbearable weight of a massive talent? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's an excellent point because it it seems like humor back in the day was just the situational. Yeah. Right. They're, they're drunk in the desert. They lost their friend. Let's try to retrace our steps. Yeah. Right. Super bad. We're trying to become men before we go to college. Yeah. Right. Very simplistic, but very uh, grounded narratives. But here, it's multifaceted. Yeah. In terms of the character, right? Nicholas Cage trying to get money, his family, and his career. Mm-hmm. Then drug lords. <laughs> drug lords. Right. It, it's weird. It's weird situations, but also the chemistry within them. Yeah. Right. Right. It's. Uh, 
it, it's it does seem like we lose a lot though because there is when it comes to those groundedness there's a humor mm-hmm. like that like this like the drug deal or the cia thing that would definitely fit like in a hangover movie or a super bad movie you know yeah. the cia comes out of nowhere and arrests people yeah but when it comes to like movies that try to be humorous and a character film it's difficult for those themes to blend i feel yeah i mean i guess like the the movies we like especially a super bad and even um the hangover to some extent they're basically like coming of age films mm. you know like they take a concept that's core to essentially everybody's life you know be a bachelor party get, getting married your transition to that next part of your phase you right. know you want to get become men before you be, you go to, off to college right or you know who doesn't want to get laid in high school right uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> or even accepted yeah I accepted, accepted is like getting in the college you didn't make it yeah right? it really feels like it talks to a certain group of people yeah and then so like you obviously you take those situations that everybody at one point or another goes through in life and then you just you know up, up it to the extreme and make it crazy make it raunchy make right, it dirty right. make it whatever you know and but like in this it's it's somebody who in a way it's also a kind of age film you know he's he's is that transition where he's no longer the the a-lister star that you know it's on top of the bill everything and he right. wants to the the struggle within him is that he still wants to be that person but he knows that he's probably going to be built second third or maybe even right fourth, it, you know? it, it, technically his time is gone and, and yeah. the thing is uh, it feels a little more. It feels satisfying on two fronts, right? You have the humorous front, front with you know the physical humor and the character. Yeah. But also you have that character development that you wouldn't expect, right? Yeah. When it comes to those coming of age films, we know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Right? We know they they get laid. <laughs> to some extent, uh, they find the friend, <laughs> yeah. right? And like, or they uh, don't get laid, but they learn a lesson about life and love. And, right. And like exactly. Exactly. So, but when it comes to this, there's a different avenue for. Uh, character development in some way yeah right especially when it comes to a character films like this mm-hmm. like we didn't expect it to be a character film but there's an, an equal amount of comedy yeah whether or not that blends together just depends on who you are yeah yeah i guess yeah. like there's there's obviously like that changing of the guard of what uh, acceptable comedy is going to be like yeah i would love to see another like super bad or something like that you yeah know, just because it's craziness by the sake of being just being crazy you know yeah but like this is i think it's a good avenue to explore is like there are situations in life where you that have <clears throat> that could be made comedic yeah yeah especially there's one one of my favorite comedies it's the one with uh uh was it not the other guys that which that that one is pretty funny too I don't know. Will Ferrell was oh, oh right right I forgot about it. Will Ferrell like kicked you when you were a kid or something yeah but <laughs> he didn't but, <laughs> let's uh, just say he did <laughs> it's with Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Zach oh the due date due date right yeah. it's, it's someone who's he's trying to become a father yeah but he's kind of an a-hole yeah. <laughs> so you know doesn't it, want to miss the, the the birth of his daughter right. or her son or whatever yeah some, something along those lines but there is uh, those uh, those insecurities Mm-hmm. And uh, come with another person who's essentially the opposite, yeah. but also has those insecurities, yeah. right? So having something like that start at the beginning, and then you know there's a development at the end. Uh, when it, when it comes to this film, it did start like that at the beginning, and then uh, it it did develop the humor at the end. But there's just uh, there's another element like that don't mend well with it, you know? Yeah, I mean yeah. the the whole CIA thing. I mean. The, it, the daughter getting kidnapped, like we said, we it needed that hook, but I feel yeah. like maybe it should have stayed with 
the like another a little more lighthearted topic you know like you look at like movies like central intelligence or something like that where it's like it is like this whole you know spy cia type of thing but it's also funny right but it's built like that right that's how it starts off from the beginning yeah it's not like this it not to say that this wasn't but it kind of feels like the 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 subplot of the daughter being kidnapped is really only there so that Nick Cage spends more time with Javi. Right. <laughs> or, or has sees another view in his life. Right. Because yeah. like Due Data uh, and other films, it seems like there isn't a really big overarching plot. Yeah. Right. There's the one. Right. You know, try to get laid. Yeah. You know, try to find my friend. Sure. But the, the B plots, they're very self-contained within themselves. Yeah. Right. They, it happens and then it ends in the yeah. same scene. So when, when it comes to the CIA element, yeah, it feels like, personally, it, it didn't really meld well because I'm too interested yeah. in learning about Nicolas Cage's life and Javi's life to some extent. Yeah. Right? So it would be cool to see something like uh, The Hangover, but with like Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, <laughs> right? And them trying to find who they are, like mm-hmm. maybe backpacking across <laughs> Spain or something <laughs> like that, right? The unbearable winner of a massive talent, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Reckoning. Even weightier. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you, took, like you look at a movie like Bridesmaids. Mm. Fucking hilarious, right? Yes. There is no overarching arc of some fucking kid get kidnapped or anything like that. No. <laughs> no. There is the 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 best friend is having a wedding while the main character is going through like essentially an existential crisis. Right. Right. Know? Yeah. And those moments with young Nick Cage that could have been easily those moments. Yeah. Right. You know he he's he's learning his lesson, but there's something that's pushing him back. Yeah. And then that happens, and then it trickles down mm-hmm. with Javi. But the thing is, with that at the end, it's like the family comes in at the yeah. It's 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 a funny film. Yeah. That's good. And then the the talent is is phenomenal. Yeah. It's, the talent is very. <laughs> the talent is it's it's massive, it's, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, there's just some elements that won't really mend well. Yeah. It's well. there's a contrast that yeah. that unfortunately, not saying that they could have they could have they couldn't have done it correctly. No. But it just feels like maybe, you know, the, the whole CIA, the daughter getting kidnapped or something like that. Like, you could have done that. The same thing. You could have had the, the daughter get kidnapped and then Nick Cage, you know, stumble into it. That's a great point. Rather than having be like a main Part player. of it. Yeah. Right. Because it does open a bunch of can of worms. Yeah. Because at that point, it's like, is it a comedy meta thing? Because an actor can be a spy. Yeah. So it, it's kind of, yeah, it just, oh, that's an excellent point that... The world should revolve, should evolve around him yeah. rather than him being an integral part in it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's been our discussion <laughs> of the unbearable weight of a massive talent. I've been your host Ernesto with my co-host Joel, and thank you for tuning in on the Hot Takes, a, a spoiler, spoiler cast. cast. We'll see you next week for our regular scheduled Good pop program. salsa. Regular <laughs> <laughs> scheduled pop salsa. There's a lot of news coming in. Stay yeah. tuned. See you next week. Oof. Take care. Thank you for listening. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For show updates, follow us on Substack and Twitter. Links are in the description. You can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.